Welcome back to The Yurong Show, where we help entrepreneurs live their best lives. I'm your host, Justin Yurong, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, we have a very special guest, Ian Hilario. He's a real estate investor agent based out of Las Vegas, and he has a pretty cool story. So I want to hear not only what he does now, but kind of get into his origin story. So Ian, can you tell everyone, first off, before we get into like your origin, what exactly do you do now, like everything you do right now today? So right now, I am primarily focused on just the real estate investing side of entrepreneur of my entrepreneur journey, um, flipping houses, wholesaling, doing novations, a lot of creative finance, and building a portfolio. Cool. I do I do some agent side business, but not too much. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now, was this the first entrepreneurial venture? Like, where, how did you start in just business? Oh, that that goes way back. Like. Probably to when I was, I'd say like 17 or 18, it was reselling shoes. Wow. Yeah. So like reselling like Jordans, like Nike SBs, all those way back when in like 2017, no, not 2017, like 2009 to 10. So that was when you were like 17, 18. Yeah. Now, why did you do that? You're just like, just for fun, you're trying to learn. Not, not necessarily. It happened kind of on accident. So I just saw really cool shoes, like. Like when I was in high school, I just saw all the cool Filipino people. Yeah, <laughs> they they had like their they had like their spiky gelled hair, and then yep. they had their Nike SBs and Jordans on. And I'm like, man, I want to look gangster like that. Right. But I so I go on like I go on the internet, Internet Explorer back in the day, and I'm like, man, Jordans. And I'm like, dude, these are like two, three, four hundred dollars. How do I do that? So I started joining like. I don't know, started joining like Facebook groups because that's when like Facebook just started, right? But there was like a sneaker group called Vegas Sneakerheads. And I was just like, oh, cool. Like maybe I can figure out how the hell to do this. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be able to afford these pairs of shoes without actually having to buy resale. So I got good at like uh, using bots to hit them online. I was hitting maybe like, I was uh, I was hitting maybe like four pairs. And I was like, cool, if I buy four pairs, resell three of them. I keep my pair for free. And that's essentially what I just wanted to do is just keep my pairs for free. Right. Then me being 17, I was like, man, I could just hit like as many pairs as possible that I can afford. And then like I'll post all these pairs in groups and say, hey, I'll size swap you for $20. So I keep my inventory, but I'm making $20 on the size swaps and I'll just keep doing that until I can't size swap anymore. Then I'll just resell whatever is left. And then after like, I believe it was at the six or seven month mark, mm-hmm. I was making about maybe like two, $3,000 a month just from flipping shoes. And this is me being like 17 years old. Well, that's crazy. That's and then, young. yeah, then after 18, I was like all in on that. I scaled up and I was doing maybe about like 10 to 15,000 a month in net profit just from flipping shoes. <laughs> yeah. No kid. So, okay, so you mentioned bots. Like what what exactly were you doing to scale that that age? So, really it was just reinvesting all the profits. So, I found out what bots were. There was one called like Ghostbot or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. I think it was Ghostbot, but I would just resell everything that I got from the previous drop and I would make like a there was like burner credit cards, like mm-hmm. one-time use mm-hmm. for specific websites. And then you could make like, you could do address jigging and basically like one address could be used 
as four or five separate addresses with different names. And then like the websites wouldn't catch that because it's one per address. Mm -hmm. Then I started asking all my friends at school, like, hey, can I use your address? I'll give you like 10 bucks. (laughs) And then from there, it just went from five shoes per drop to 10 to 20 to 30 to 50. Gotcha. And then I would pay people to stand in line at the mall. Like, oh, hey, stand in line and camp overnight. I'll give you 50 bucks. This is when sneaker resale was like insane. Like, right. like buy a buy a pair of shoes for like 120, sell it for like three, four hundred. Wow. <laughs> and then when bots came in, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't have to pay anybody to stand in line. I could literally do everything on my computer. Yeah. And as soon as they all arrive, I'll just resell everything and just reinvest it for the next drop. Right. That's awesome. So, so once you saw the success with that, what was the first thought? Was like, oh, I'm going to go even bigger. Because you were already seeing good success with it. What, what was the thought? Like, what did you do? So the thought was, I was like, okay, cool. This is sustainable right now. But if the market turns, mm-hmm. like if economy goes down, then people aren't buying. And that's kind of what happened to me. Like, mm-hmm. like um, around when Kanye started, went from um, Nike to Adidas. Mm-hmm. That's when that's when I saw the market kind of like drop for Nikes. And then I got into another entrepreneurial journey, <laughs> kind of. What was it? So it was a mix. It was a, a mix between getting into insurance, mm. which like uh, I'll get into that right after. Mm-hmm. But the first thing was I got into retail sales and I really liked it. It was a commission-based only job. I was working at Nordstrom. It was like... I was in the luxury shoe department, so I was selling women's heels, hmm. like Saint Laurent, Christian Louboutin, mm-hmm. Prada, Gucci, and I was just like, "Dang, ten percent commission! So if I sell one one thousand dollar shoe, mm. that's that's a hundred bucks commission, right. and I'm in a luxury department. I'm selling two three shoes an hour. I'm making like two to three hundred dollars an hour, oh. and I'm full time here. So that kind of broke me into the retail world." And after Nordstrom, I went to Neiman Marcus, started working there. It was more high volume. And then I eventually went into working for like Christian Louboutin, uh, St. Laurent. And then um, I ended at St. Laurent. But that, those jobs were like 100000 a year, hundred fifty to or 100 to 150000 a year. Gotcha. And I was like, man, I want a professional sales job. Because oh. if I work retail forever, I'm not my own boss. I, I kind of want to do whatever I want, right? Mm-hmm. So that led me to getting my insurance licenses. So I got my property, casualty, life, and health insurance licenses. Um, I hit up my my car insurance person. Her name was Shelby. I distinctly remember this. I met her because I worked in retail. Oh, wow. So she came in. I sold her some shoes, and she was like, hey, I'll hook you up on, on some insurance. So I kept her card and then obviously purchased insurance through her. And then years later, I hit her up and say, hey, I want to get into insurance. I got my licenses. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started working for a different State Farm agent that she referred me to that she actually trained. His name's Trent Lee. He's actually in, um, he's actually a business broker now. Crazy. Wow. But um, started working for him and I was just like, dang, insurance is tight. Like I sell a policy. Um, you get 10% to 20% depending on what it was. And then every six months, that every six months they have to renew their policy and then you get paid the same commission oh, or wow. you get paid 10% of whatever the renewal price is. Yeah. And most people don't like try to switch, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even if they do like, oh, oh, well, like call them in six months, right. people renew their insurance every six months. So right. you just cold call the same exact people. Gotcha. And then you just market yourself. <laughs> it's wow. just like a big cycle. Um, 
And that was me at 20 to 21. Okay. So it seems like, honestly, <clears throat> the, the first, what was that, four or five years of, like, your just entrepreneurial journey, it was, like, sales, sales, sales focus. Like, that was yeah. the skill set you were That's building. when I fell in love with sales. That Yeah. And that, that makes a huge impact yeah. with, with how well you do everything. Because sales is everything, whether yeah. you hire people or just try to actually sell someone for something. Yeah. So what was after that? So you said from 17 to 21, 22, because <clears throat> you're 29 now. 29 now. Yeah. Um, so... 20 yeah. was when I started the State Farm, like when I started working for State Farm. 21 is when I opened my own State Farm. They made me a scratch agent. They said, okay, cool. Well, we can sponsor you based on the sales that you've done in the last year. And we can fund everything for the first year and a half. We'll hire employees for you. And you just start an agency from scratch. And I did that all the way up until 25. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I was the highest sales in the West Coast for all for all of State Farm nice. and I was like man this is a lot of residuals but the kicker to that was I hated it like I didn't talk to anybody except other agent owners that were three times my age mm-hmm. I'm in my early 20s and I was just stressed all the time yeah. like it was a cool residual like 200,000 a year mm-hmm. doing nothing just right. off servicing the policies and then anything like any new business was just additional income on right. that. That's funny. That was my next question. I was like, did you even like that? Because I didn't. No, I didn't. Obviously not. I'm yeah. not there. But I sold my book of business to another State Farm agent. And then I got ro- I asked them for royalties of 10% for the next 10 years. Nice. <laughs> I sold it when I was 25, 24 or 25. And I already had my real estate license. Mm. My cousin, uh, not my cousin, but uh, my friend Gabe, childhood friend, he was already in insurance, uh, in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, dude, get into it. So I did it. And then we were at, I think it was King Realty Group here in mm-hmm. Vegas. And we were just like, let's get some rentals. Let's uh, let's help some rental people and make $300 per, per right. lease. Right. <laughs> and then that's, that's how I got started into real estate. <laughs> so helping people lease homes yeah so my my first year was just leasing homes doing just like residential leases um but that was more of me doing like insurance and real estate right not like kind of like full-time insurance part-time real estate 2018 in august i remember this distinctly that's when i went full-time yeah um I left King Realty Group. Gabe decided to go and do the whole wholesale and flipper thing Mm -hmm. with Ryan. I think that's when Ryan released his book, Flip Your Future. Then I was like, man, I'm just going to go the agent route. Like I cold call for a living with insurance, the same people every six months Mm -hmm. and make like a measly 10% off a $600 policy. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm cold calling like expireds in in real estate and one deal is like average $9,000 at that time. Mm -hmm then it only makes sense just to do that right. for me at that moment, right? right? So I left King Realty Group. I applied to uh, join the brokerage of Huntington & Ellis with Craig Tan. Okay. I joined a small uh, a small team there. Um, I'm not going to mention who it is, but my first six months, I was just cold calling expireds, and I got an insane amount of listings just from doing that. Right. No experience, nothing. Right. Because you had this, well, you had the sales background. For yeah, just I had the conditioning yeah, of cold calling, of understanding I understanding what it took. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Now, how did you like that compared to like your insurance stuff? And- it was so much better, yeah. just because like besides the cold calling, setting the appointments, it was actually going out of the office. Oh, yeah. like insurance, I stayed in the same freaking seat like eight to twelve hours a day, yeah. just talking to like people three times my age, and it sucked. Yeah. I hated it. They all they wanted to talk about was like like some new medication, some fiber, <laughs> or I don't know, just. 
some just some bull crap that I did not want to talk about right. as a early 20 right. year old. <laughs> no, I could imagine. And then yeah. when, when was the switch to, okay, like this, this agent thing's cool. What about the investing? Like when, when did that start? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you about that. So at Huntington and Ellis, they're, they're, um, they have a, they have a huge brand recognition that they want to uphold. So they, they only focus on like just being a very good agent, a powerhouse. Like you get kicked out if you, at that time, I don't know how it is now, you get kicked out if you don't do 25 deals at the average price point within the first 12 months. Gotcha. And like me as a new agent, like I hit half that in the first six months, but I, um, I did a wholesale deal with Gabe. Mm. So I had, a, I had a buyer who was like, oh, I need to sell um, and then buy we don't want to deal with listing. Can you just give us a cash offer? And I heard about like mm-hmm. wholesaling and flipping from Gabe at the mo- at the time. So I was like, dude, can we do anything with this? So I just passed him all the info. I told him what they wanted. And he was like, this is a deal. And then what he really did was he daisy chained me and brought it to Ryan. <laughs> and I was like, man. But we essentially JV'd on it. Yeah. We made like, I think it was like 5,000 each or something. Okay, there we go. So I was like, man, this is cool. Like yeah. I didn't do anything. And right. that closed in like a week. Yeah. Then I sold my, I sold that, um, that client a home. And then Craig found out <laughs> that I wholesaled the deal. He's like, you can't do that. Like we don't do that at this brokerage. And like it came to the conclusion of me leaving. Yeah. And then I joined on the fly. I called Ryan and I was like, hey, let me join forever home right because we can do this yeah because yeah, like you guys don't care what i do because yeah. i wanted to monetize my cold calling i was good at it so i was calling expireds for listings why not call expireds go for a cash offer and then pivot to listing if it doesn't work yeah like only made sense right because yeah. if i can't get the cash offer and make a lot of money i can at least get the listing right dude that's funny i went through the same thing with my my uh i'm not gonna say the names but one of my brokerages yeah. uh when i first started wholesaling same exact thing, man. I, I post it to all the agents. Hey, like I'm selling this deal, um, and then we get buyers, and then like my broker catches wind, and he's like, "Hey, what do you do? What is this?" He's like, "Oh, this is wholesaling." Like he didn't want a listing. <laughs> he's like, "I can't do that." I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? I know, right? And, and, and then, then the yeah. whole ethics behind it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But well, honestly, uh, the big part I think is the brokers. They they want to make their money, and they make yeah. nothing if you wholesale it. Um, oh yeah. So I think that's a pretty big part. But I think that's funny that you went through the same thing. Yeah. And then after that, I just, I joined Forever Home. I was like, Ryan, like, how do I do this? And he just was like, I'll give you the biggest stack list I have. I specifically remember him saying that with such enthusiasm and I'm like all excited. And then I realized getting the biggest stack list isn't good. I wanted a niche (laughs) list. I wanted something like with a small amount of people. At that time, I didn't know. I just cold called it, um, generated some leads set appointments and then I would just pass them over to his team and they yeah. do the rest. Yeah. And then that's how that started. Yeah. And it works. Like and everything works if you just actually do the work and yeah. the volume in. Yeah. That's cool, man. So I guess what, what are you looking now in the future? Like what's your goal this upcoming year? What's your priority? So my priority is just to like scale the company I have right now. So shout out home hub. My partner is Gabe Galera over nice. here in Las Vegas. Um, we just want to do flips. Um, my my main prior we want to do flips and priority innovation. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. What I'm curious about, like, so now we've kind of heard a little bit about your story from literally like 17 to to now today, yeah. and it all seems like a lot of stuff went really well, which they did. But I'm sure there's a lot of times where, like, man, maybe they're like, ah, oh, this is this is tougher than I thought. Like, what, a, what okay. were those times? In a nutshell, it sounds really good yeah. and smooth, right? But no, there was a lot of there was a lot of stress. There was a lot yeah. of tears. There was a lot of should I give up? Yeah. But like, no one talks about the ugly part of it because 
I make it sound like I loved cold calling. Yeah. I didn't. I loved what cold calling did for me. I looked at it the same way I looked at brushing my teeth, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a routine. You got to do it. And if you don't brush your teeth, it's going to hurt you in the near future, right? Yeah. I looked at cold calling the same way. If I don't fill my pipeline, then I don't, I don't make money. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to glaze over it. Like you, you mentioned some things you're like, oh yeah, I sat at my desk eight, eight something, eight plus hours a day. Like just calling, calling, calling. I was like, you, you glazed over that when that's like, that's a lot of just effort and time and grind yeah it was stressing and like going into that i didn't realize like the whole mindset of being an entrepreneur was super tolling and like i had a like i had a girlfriend at that time and like she was always like man you never you never have time like you're always thinking about this whenever we talk we talk about your business crap i want to talk about going on vacation and my mindset at that time was I want to make money, right. like money, 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 money. Right. While I'm still also flipping shoes, like and flipping like all these other kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, no. So <laughs> but like, it was stressing. I like, can imagine, dude. What What was the hardest? If you could identify the one point in time that was like this, this was definitely the hardest moment um, throughout the whole thing. Whether it was with insurance, whether it was with your shoe, shoe flipping, like was. Was there one point in time where like, yeah, this was, this was a tough time. I remember going through this right before, like literally the month before I sold my, uh, insurance book of business. Why was it hard? It was hard. Cause I was at the point where my relationship was failing because of work. And I was like, man, there's a problem here. <laughs> like my person, like I put too much weight on my business life to where my personal life was getting no attention. And I mean, like, I wouldn't change a thing because I'm who I am today because of that. But if I would have known, I would have taken a different route for that. It's just, it was stressing. I had no time. I wasn't taking time to decompress or de-stress. I wasn't like, I wasn't taking the fruits of my labor and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going on vacation. I wasn't going out. I wasn't hanging out with friends. I had no friends at that point because right. I was literally just focused on work with, right. with these people that were three times my age, which I really didn't want to hang out yeah. with them or talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense. It's once I, – I, I feel that same thing, dude. Like I understand where you're coming <laughs> from. It's uh, it's when the work life – it just takes over. You know, you know yeah. that's your entire focus. Yeah. Um, no, I I get that. That's a, that's a tough time, especially when it leads to your – like hurts the relationship a lot yeah. more. That was um, an eye opener for me. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so, well, I guess what we're like. So, if someone wanted to help you do anything that you do now, where where do you think they'd be able to find you, connect with you? There's a chance to pitch, whatever. So, know. I'm at the I'm at the Bulkley Group right now as an agent. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, the handle is Ian Hilario Group. Um, you can also find my company's Instagram, Home Hub LV. Uh, my phone number. I'll I'll. Tell Justin to post it in whatever, wherever he's going to post sure? it. <laughs> okay, no. Cut that. Cut that. No. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ian Hilario Group. God, I was going to say, I get blown up a lot. And I was like, I'm not getting No, yeah, I had to think about that because Pace, he posted his phone number on the Real Estate Disruptors podcast. Uh-huh. And he, he gets blown up all the time. Yeah, I feel like every time someone posts a phone number in something public, they just regret it. <laughs> They're like, crap. No, yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless you're a client, unless you're a buyer or a seller, I'll help you. You can call me. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> man. That's funny. So I guess what are the 
I'm kind of curious. Are you using AI in anything you do right now? Nope. Really? But uh, we're actually, we've actually, uh, we were talking about it this morning and how we can apply it into our marketing, creating like our text message templates. Uh, we want to use it for like our listing templates, like the public remarks. Um, as well as like, like if I were to do like a networking event and if I were to speak mm-hmm. and talk about like creative finance or novations or even just like how to like how to help a wholesaler get their first deal. Like I could hell I could use the chat GBT or whatever AI to help me figure out what to say. <laughs> so that takes away like time from me working on like the business. Yeah. No, it's actually kind of nutty what it can do. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's um at first when I first heard of artificial intelligence, I yeah. thought it would fix all the super technical things and like all that. But it's a lot of the creative stuff. Well, I guess it's technical is like I'm using it for like copy. Yeah. Um, just like a lot of like rewording stuff and descriptions and coming up with things that like, I don't want to think about this. Let me just yeah. have a thing and then revise it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. It's been so much easier. So I use it a lot for content. Um, I definitely has, haven't used it for a lot of real estate yet. That's what I was curious about if you used it. I think the other day I was just messing around and yeah. I literally was like, chat GBT, can you re- rephrase this in the style of Donald Trump? And it was ridiculous. You got to try it. Wait, what happened? What, what it was like? He it literally just said some. It typed up something like just like Donald Trump, and then I think I did Biden, and I re, I prominently remember Biden, and it was like here's the deal, <laughs> and it used that a lot, and it would make a sentence going somewhere, and then it would just end the sentence and start something else, and I was like. This is kind of funny. Like, I could probably make a speech at one of the networking events and just sound like like President Biden or Donald Trump. Or do something and, and then, like, at the end of it, be like, this entire presentation was generated by AI. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. Like, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I should totally do that. Let's do a networking event. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, actually, you've, you've held one before, right? Like, you've, I saw you. Yeah, I held one with the Bulkleys. How'd that go? Like, what was it like? Um... So it was pretty cool. Um, I talked about creative finance. It was uh, I told a story about how I did my first sub two deal on accident and made two hundred thousand <laughs> and lived in a house for free for a year and a half. But you guys can see that on the video whenever they post it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it'll come out. Yeah, but that's awesome, man. Like, I've, are is that something you're planning to consistently do, like more meetups and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm. I was always opposed to doing the meetups just because I was like, man, I could just go do marketing and then make my yeah. calls. But I didn't read like. From an agent mindset, that's kind of how it was. Like networking events for agents, it it's not it, they don't really go anywhere, and I don't want to talk to people yeah. like like that. Like usually those kind of events are like people that have been in the game for like twenty years. They don't know how to use tech, yeah. and I'm just and all they do is gloat about how they've been like an agent for so long and how they've done so many deals and back in their day and mm-hmm. whatever. Like, but for real estate investing. It's it is a game changer. Like when I go to Ryan Pineda's masterminds, I always meet somebody who has helped me or been like the procuring reason as to why I've gotten a deal. Yeah. Like especially when with like creative finance or novations, like I could do those anywhere right. in the United States. I don't have to know anything about like that market or know any agents. Like I'll just JV with somebody, I'll pitch creative finance to their seller and or novation and literally they could just lock it up from there. Yeah. No, I, I get you. And I think a, a big reason for that, like why agents, the networking events kind of like, there's kind of pointless in my opinion too, yeah. uh, is because it's the kind of mindset they have. It's not an abundance mindset. It's like everyone's yeah. trying to keep everything 
for themselves. Whereas like I go to these investor meet the real estate investor meetups and everyone's very giving, like super yeah. giving. You're like, hey, like I'm struggling with this, even if you're in the same market. And they're like, yeah. oh no, like fix, try this, like do this here. Like everyone's super helpful. And this I think is, that's the difference. Yeah, I've noticed there's so much collaboration and like the best deals that I found were through collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel like you don't do anything either. You don't got to spend any marketing budget. You don't got to, like, set up systems unless you're doing networking events and volume. But, like, (laughs) if you're just meeting people and you're like, oh, dude, I do creative or whatever, they're going to be like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Like, like eight times out of ten, people are like, oh, I need your number. I need help with the seller. They have somebody in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Are you planning to do any more, like, personal branding or content? Because I saw you you post some. Is that something – a part of the game plan for the upcoming years? It is, is and isn't just okay. cause like I'm, I want, <laughs> I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with it uh-huh. and I've, I, I try to get into the habit of it, but then I get so sucked into like, so I'm an integrator. I get so sucked into the systems that I have to do on the day-to-day routine, mm-hmm. but I truly do want to step up the personal branding and content game up. That's also another benefit of being with Gabe as a partner. Yeah. Just because, like, he has, like, his his studio and then, like, I can help – I can ask him, like, yo, like, how do we do this? How can we attract wholesalers or how can we, like, market something that yeah. we need to sell? Because it – yeah, I was going to say, like, if you're, you're already a good – a really good executor, and I was, like, feel like per, focusing on the personal brand, I yeah. feel like that would, like – 100x everything <laughs> yeah i'd i would probably do something like really just raw and filtered and savage yeah relating to real estate yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm just curious if you because like the podcast is actually newer to me yeah and uh it's been really cool man it's not just the fact that i i mainly started it so i can have like clips of like for my short form content yeah at all times <laughs> that was, it sounds like you're enjoying it and it's fun yeah it's fun yeah. but the unexpected benefit was having really cool guests come and just after like post podcasts hearing their stories and then like learning from each other and yeah. like bouncing ideas, kind of like the mastermind events. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I've gotten some great ideas and I've started executing some from some of these guests. And it's like, it's really, it's ve- been very helpful. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's cool too. It increases your network. Cause like if you have no network and you start a podcast and you start interviewing people who are in the game, yeah. like you get all of the attention of their followers. hundred percent. And then it's just like huge awareness. You become an authority from nothing. From, yeah. <laughs> Cause you're just curious. You're asking questions and like, uh, it's, it's, it's been really cool. So if, I don't know if I could encourage something that, I don't know. It's my thought. Yeah, no, content. yeah, that like I definitely need to step up the content and branding because <laughs> you have you've had good content so far. I've yeah, it. especially all the home hub stuff <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, okay, dude, what's your? If you had one message you wanted to share, it doesn't have to be business, doesn't have to be real estate, whatever. Just share to everyone. What's your message? I would say take action. That's just the most important part. Like having the hesitation. Um, trying to be a perfectionist, getting a paralysis analysis, the three P's of failure. Don't do any of that. Just take action and do it. Because what's worse than like not taking a shot, right? You miss an opportunity. If you take action and you fail, at least you tried. Yeah. No, I like that message, man. Well, dude, thank you for being on. It, it means a lot that you even came, took time out of your day. And uh, I'll make sure to have your social media links, probably not your phone number, in the show notes below. <laughs> but otherwise, peace. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, connect with me on social media and check out the different ways I can help you grow your business in the show notes. Peace.